Hello everyone and welcome to our last episode of the Together Podcast 2022. The Together Podcast is a conversation about faith justice and how to help change the world. I'm Anna, I'm part of the We Are Tier Fund community and I wanted to wish you a massive Merry Christmas. Now I know Christmas for people will come with its own challenges and for some might feel like a time of grief. But I just really hope that you experience the presence of Jesus this Christmas and that you know his closeness and that we can celebrate why Jesus being born did change the whole world. But getting on to what we want to chat about, so we have had some amazing conversations this year. We've discussed such a wide range of themes to do with justice from from climate grief with Hannah Malcolm to destigmatizing HIV with Mercy Shabemba to creativity and songwriting with Jay Vessel, to finding out the context of injustice and hope in Haiti with Marc Antoine, in Rwanda with Emmanuel Murangira, and in Uganda with Erasto Richard Magamba. So we've been having a lot of conversations. We also spoke about prayer with Youth Director of 24-7 Prayer, Josh Green. So for this episode, we're going to play again a few clips that are full of biblical insight, thought-provoking testimonies, and we hope that it fires up your faith for the next year coming. Have a listen to what some of our guests have said. The first guest that we're going to listen to is our interview with Jonathan Shemaine Thomas on holy activism. He is the founder and CEO of Civil Righteousness, an organisation bringing spiritual, cultural and economic renewal through reconciling justice and righteousness. Even recently, uh, last year with the civil unrest, we went in with the goal of being peacemakers to bring the presence of God in the places of conflict. And starting back seven years ago in Ferguson, Missouri, there was one night in particular that was called a night of resistance against police brutality. And there were about 800 protesters taking to the streets of Ferguson. And the Lord very clearly directed me and my team to uh, go in just a, a small group of a small group of us to go in and to stand between the activists and between the police. And just to talk to Jesus. And we had one guy on an acoustic guitar and he's playing acoustic guitar while a crowd of maybe, I mean, conservatively, seven to eight hundred people were marching up the street, yelling, you know, chanting and yelling obscene kind of obscene uh, things about the police. So we're standing there and this group of people come up to us and the leader of, of the crowd walks up to me and he says, hey, you guys are too loud. Are you with us or are you against us? Because, you know, we're out here fighting for justice and we can't tell whose side you're on. And he says, you're too loud. We can't we can't hold our chant together. But there was there were about 800 of them and 40 of us. And yeah. out of the 40 of us, about I'd say 30 of us were silently talking to Jesus in prayer And one of our guys was on an acoustic guitar, non-electrified, and probably eight to 10 were singing a worship song with him. So eight to 10 people in an acoustic guitar were overpowering the sound of 800 people yelling and chanting. And so he came up to me and he said, this is, you guys are too loud. And he said, whose side are you on? And I said, brother, we're we're on the side of Jesus and he's, he's for the police. And he's for you. He's the God of justice. And uh, as I was talking to him, one of his leaders, protest leaders, had a megaphone and she walks up to me and says, that's it. I'm done. She was frustrated. Hands me the megaphone. And I said, 
I, you know, I'm just kind of looking at what's happening. So I took it and I said, there is no justice without Jesus. I said that into the megaphone. Wow. And as soon as I said the name Jesus, you would have thought that somebody had fired shots as if bullets were flying. It was wild. I said the name of Jesus and suddenly the crowd of 800 began to, to, to run as if for their lives. I mean, they Yay. ran in all different directions except for probably three or 400. So half the crowd scatters and the other half stands there and they're listening to me. So I just keep just going. I said, there's no justice without Jesus. The police need Jesus. We need Jesus. Turn your life over. He's the one who frees us. And I realized that that, that rhyme. Such a good rhyme as well. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. rhyme. So it turned into this rap. And next thing you know, the spirit of God begins falling on the crowd. Police officers were giving their lives to Jesus. Activists were giving their lives to Jesus. You could see the Holy Spirit just moving through the crowd. And the whole atmosphere shifted that night and became basically like a, an altar call for revival in the middle of the city, on the street. Uh, and there are so many testimonies. That was seven years ago. We've seen that over and over again, uh, where the police officers, not only here in Ferguson, but in other cities who heard what we did, uh, began to reach out to us and say, hey, we don't know why this works, but can you get your Jesus people, they call this here on the scene, because when you guys are present, um, the atmosphere is different, you know, it changes. And so we've mm. seen this very real um, manifestation of the peace of God and the presence of God governing in atmospheres of chaos. And I believe this is Matthew 5, 4, where it says, blessed are the sons uh, of, uh, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. This is part of our inheritance and our portion. I mean, it's just so, it's so amazing. That's so incredible. Because I think, you know, some Christians are worried about if you get out with a worship song, you're going to be those like weird Jesus people who like, you know, you're going to be that cringy church that like isn't really involved in society. But you right. still stayed like so fundamental to what Jesus had called you, but you were able to reconcile both sides. And if you hadn't have gone, you never would have known whether that would have happened or not. So it's just being obedient to where the spirit was leading. That is an amazing testimony. Thank you. Yeah, we, it, it's been amazing. And I think that's the key. It's not that we're just saying stay in our safe places and safe spaces. And whenever you see unrest, try to calm people down. That's not it. Shalom, peace, peace biblically is shalom, wholeness and healing. And so we mm -hmm. go in as peacemakers, not peacekeepers. We're not trying to just keep peace, but we want to bring the shalom the governing presence of God into our cities, into our cultures, into our communities, into our villages and our towns, into our conversations in a way that I, I believe prayer is the doorway, the gate that, that we enter in through prayer and praise, worship. You know, I give you a spirit of praise for heaviness and some of the heaviness that surrounds justice issues and justice conversations can be crushing. But that's why we have to cultivate, I believe, in our own hearts, a, a worshipful lifestyle and a, and a praise filled perspective that even in the rough and the, in the tumble and the hard, the hardships and the complexity and nuance of so many of the justice related conversations that Jesus is worthy and mm. he, he has redeemed for himself a people out of every tribe, tongue and nation, out of every socioeconomic class and condition 
And we go to and we serve because of his worth. And so we're praising him and then we're going into the gaps and being useful for him and to him in those spaces uh, long term, not just on the streets, but around the various tables of mediation and negotiation and conciliation that, that we need to be present in. Then moving on to Marc Antoine, our next guest is the Tier Fund's Country Director for Haiti and he speaks about reclaiming the history of Haiti by decolonizing and allowing privilege to turn into justice and about making sure that the table has the right food, the right spaces and maybe even reinventing the table if we need to when it comes to decision making. A story, a biblical story that I used to, I like to talk about mm-hmm. is Esther. Yeah. It's about privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, Esther was privileged to be with the king, privileged to have that access mm. where she could influence the decisions and the the thoughts, the ideas of royalty mm-hmm. to the point where the king could issue a decree to either allow the, the, the death of a people or save the people. And she understood her privilege. Mm. Her cousin Mordecai understood her privilege, which is why he says, Esther, you're in the palace for a reason. Use your privilege wisely. And I think for many of us in, you know, um, the Western world, the developed world, we have privilege. And privilege Mm. isn't a bad thing. How we leverage that privilege is what's important. Mm. And what I try to tell young people all the time is use your privilege for good. Mm. I'm privileged. I was able to, my family was able to leave Haiti and I was able to go to school in the United States and we were able to live, you know, and, and, and get an education. And so I understood that privilege. And I said, okay, well, if I was able to do that, how can I then give back to my home country? Mm. And I decided to move back and use my privilege to help contribute. And I think many other people have privilege. And, you know, the idea of giving what you have, of sharing your resources, of, of giving back is one example of how to use our privilege mm. um, to, to fight against, you know, the the underdevelopment and the oppression of people all around the world. The next guest is the Youth Christian Climate Network about their pilgrimage to COP26 in Glasgow, where they travelled hundreds of miles and built a movement across the UK with so many churches and Christians to say that we want climate justice and we want it now. Have a listen about their perspective when it comes to pilgrimaging. My interesting kind of environmental issues um, and thinking about climate justice has come uh, more and more central to yeah to kind of my beliefs and what I'm interested in I suppose what's what's central to my faith is that Jesus came and and lived and died and rose again so that I could be in relationship with God and be reconciled to him I believe that God actually invites us to be part of that that kind of reconciliation plan for all creation and as important as it is to be you know, evangelizing, telling others about Jesus so that they can be reconciled to God. Actually, if that's for all of creation, it's about bringing God's whole creation back to him and be part of that kind of restoring order. And, and yeah, kind of as Chris touched on that, if all things were, were created through and for Jesus, um, and if Jesus came so that all things would be restored, then then that has to go beyond just just evangelizing and um, it has to be part of yeah bringing bringing all of God's creation back to Him, and that that should be a central part. 
Then, Mercy Shabemba is an international global activist for HIV rights and also speaks about a range of justice issues and the role of the church. We had such an encouraging conversation about prophecy, church, and also how she stepped out in courage despite the fears of what other people may think and used her voice to take action. It's really interesting, particularly in the UK, I, I feel like there's more and more conversation around HIV and particularly the role of faith and how we kind of cut through some of that stigma. But I think for me, it's about a lot of the stigma is linked to judgment of people and judgment of actions or, you know, a whole host of different things. But also it's linked to remembrance of knowledge that, you know, is either outdated or expi- or remembering how it felt at the time when it sort of came on the scene and everybody was very obviously fearful we you know we've all just been through covid so i know what that feels like now to have a new virus on the scene that everybody's like what's going on but mm-hmm. i think for me it's about living out jesus lived and not being afraid to get stuck in and involved even when you don't quite understand or you feel like oh that person has a bit of a messy life so i'm not going to get involved but just asking questions being humble and honest and gracious and loving and kind obviously i grew up with hiv but there obviously came a point where i decided to talk about this publicly and openly and i remember when i was making that decision one of my biggest fears was but what are people at church going to say like is this going to be something that keeps coming up or that like, you know, obviously mm. people can have questions and thoughts, but I just don't know how people are going to react. And if they react negatively, then, I mean, nobody nobody wants to feel excluded in church, right? That's like the last place on earth anybody should feel that way. Thankfully, like, it was, you know, it wasn't that. Everyone, everyone's been really open and um, supportive and, you know, really loving and kind. And that's all that honestly I needed, you know. There have been times where, yeah, of course people have, like, said things wrong, but it's church, like, we figure it out together and, like, we, you know, we go through that journey together. Um, and so that, that would be my, my two cents on the matter. Then just recently for Black History Month, Sandeep spoke to Shamara Fletcher, a millennial Pentecostal leader who is experienced in community organising and engaging and empowering young people into leadership opportunities. She spoke about representation as a black woman, leadership, and the need for the church to step up with the climate. Yeah, um, you know, I I received a message um, inviting me to the funeral, and then I received another message um, asking me to read at the funeral. Um, And at first I said, oh my goodness, okay. (laughs) And my brother, God bless him, he came up to me and he actually held my head. And he said, um, Shamara, this isn't about you. It's about the communities um, that you represent. It's about our grandparents even, you know, who came to this country. And you've been asked, you have been asked to read. So take it seriously. Um, So I had a very quick turnaround. I had to, you know, get myself prepared, get an out, design an outfit, get it made. Yeah. Um, shout out to my amazing dressmaker. <laughs> she was under pressure. <laughs> Thank you. And, um, you know, then going there, there was this real sense that the queen, beyond the institution and the monarchy and, and the nuances of, of that, yeah. the queen as an individual it was very clear that she was a Christian and she had yeah. a living faith you know her funeral the prayers were so sincere genuine 
relatable. You know, you had heads of states across the world. You had kings and queens across the world. You had army generals across the world, all in this space. And we had the opportunity to pray. You know, you speak about 4.1 billion people. Yeah. You know, at that moment to be able to pray for God's word to go Mm -hmm. out across the globe. What an amazing privilege. What a way to glorify God. Um, What a way for God's majesty, awesomeness to be displayed um, across the world. And she was a queen. She was the queen of England, you know, a respected monarch across the world. Mm. Um, And she really did point to Jesus in in that funeral service. So it was profound, you know, historical. It's in the archives. It goes down in history. Um, But what a privilege that God was able to be glorified in that in that space. And I'll never forget it. I'll tell my grandkids. Um, my grandkids will tell theirs, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, it was it was phenomenal. Well, you you feel the responsibility and weight of that. Um, yeah. because as you said, it's it's not just about Shamara Fletcher, it's about all of us. Yeah. And you know, we're an ethnic minority in the UK, but we are global majority across the world. So yes, we was representing more than just the UK, you know, it, it was a global affair. And I, I think at that moment, it was just pray. This is what you do every week, pray. Yeah. You know, the people of, of, um, of, of colour, global majority people, all people, to be honest, prayer mm-hmm. is an important part of our lives. So I wanted to make sure that what we do in our everyday we do it in that space and um, being myself you know it's so important as a leader to be authentic to find your authentic identity and print so even my hair my clothes the way I spoke I didn't change it for the occasion that's who I am yeah. um, and you know anyone that knows me will know <laughs> um, that's who Shamara is and I think it's so important as a leader, um, inspiring others to inspire them to be their authentic self. Finally, Josh Green, Youth Director for 24-7 Prayer, closes us out in, of course, prayer. Make sure to check out all of the different episodes that we've mentioned so that you can be fueled this Christmas time to keep pursuing justice, keep resting in God's authority and keep believing that there will be hope and change in this world. Father God, I thank you for everybody who's listening to this podcast. God, I just pray your freedom over them. Lord, that they'll be able to press into prayer. Lord God, and go deeper in you. And I I know that as we do that, Lord, we're going to get your heart for justice. We're going to get your heart for this world. Lord, because that's what you carry. When when we pray, you point us to your world, Lord, and you point us to your word. So make us people of prayer. Set us on fire, God, for you. Take us deeper in you, we pray. And we give you all the glory and the honour and the praise. In Jesus' name, we want to see you like John saw you in Revelation 4, mm. where he saw your eyes of fire. And he saw the, uh, the angels and the cherubim and the seraphim crying out, holy, holy, holy. We want to see you, God. We want to know you more and more. So take us deeper. In Jesus' name. That's all from us at We Are Tear Fund. We wish you a very Merry Christmas. And if you don't already, make sure you follow and like the podcast and check us out on Instagram at We Are Tear Fund. You can also catch us live every night the second week of January from the 9th of January doing after parties for Declaration Week. If you don't know what that is, check out our Instagram to find out more about Declaration.
But we're going to be live in the studio in TBN, so make sure you don't miss out and check us out at We Are Tear Fund every evening that second week of January. Now, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Mm-hmm.